Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Mimiverse Monthly Audiocast. I am your host, writer-director Christopher R. Mim, and I have to ask, are you there? Are you listening? I hope so. Things have been happening in the Mimiverse over the last month. Some good things and some not-so-great things. I'm in the home stretch of completing the new movie, The Phantom Like Kids and the Unseen Invasion, and uh, I want to get it out this year. The date I'm targeting is December 23rd. It is a Wednesday. We normally release movies on Wednesday, so it seemed appropriate. Also, that's the beginning of a lot of people's holidays, so I figured by making it available for people to watch, they can do it on the 23rd, they can wait till the 24th, they can watch it whenever they'd like over the course of those couple weeks when people are generally taking it easy. Also, I don't want to lose my movie-a-year record I've been able to maintain for 15 years now. So the big news is that I have completed the first draft edit of Family Kids in the Unseen Invasion, but there's a lot that needs to happen between now and December 23rd for me to have it ready to let you see it. This year is going to be a little weird, but the whole year has been freaking weird, so it's not a big deal. We're going to premiere digitally, which is a first for me. Usually I release my movies in a theater with lots of people, and it's the reason why we have yet to release The Beast Walks Among Us. But regardless of what's happening next year, I'm going to release it one way or another. So next year we'll see the release of The Beast Walks Among Us, but I'm shooting for an in-theater extravaganza event, but there's no guarantee that that will happen. It may end up being another digital release. It's going to depend on the situation at the time. So we shall see where that ends up. Either way, we'll be seeing it. Ideally, we'll be seeing it in a theater altogether safely. If not, it'll just be another digital release, and then we'll just have to figure things out as we go. And I guess that's sort of everyone's attitude this year, really, is we'll figure things out as they go. Crazy things are happening in the world, for posterity's sake. I'm recording this a bit late because I was really hunkering down and really wanted to finish the movie. It is October 4th, 2020. The COVID-19 pandemic is still burning its way through the country. The president, Donald Trump, is currently in the hospital with COVID-19. As of right now, looks like he's going to make it. If he doesn't, this will be an interesting time capsule. But as of right now, he seems to be doing okay. I am not going to express my opinions one way or another about politics because I seriously doubt you visit Phantom Lake County, as it were, for politics. So I'm just going to avoid it. I'm just giving the facts. That's what's happening. So the Unseen Invasion is done. It will end up being the shortest movie I've ever made, just over an hour, which is okay, given the shortened time frame that I had to write it, film it, and edit it. I'm impressed that we made it over an hour, honestly. And so it's short, yes, but a lot of my movies are short, so that's not weird. Plus, given the the movie as it is, as it turned out, it's very fast-paced, it's very funny, and I really do like how it turned out. Given the constraints of what we had to work with, it's going to serve as a nice time capsule for this year and how it affected the Mimiverse, how it affected us all. So I'm very proud of it, and the kids are very proud of it, and they did a great job, and they really had fun stretching their comedy muscles. It's good. Like I said, I'm very proud of it, and I think you'll like it. 
it'll serve as a nice appetizer before the main course that is the beast walks among us and i know there's a lot of frustration that it's been put off a lot of people are excited about it and rightfully so you should be it's a very good movie and it's a big deal but flexibility is the name of the game these days being able to adjust your expectations and being ready for the unexpected is pretty much what 2020 is all about so you'll still get it the movie's done it's ready to go but i'm still holding out a little hope that we'll be able to show that one in a theater before too long worst case we release it digitally best case we can release it in a theater safely in late spring early summer 2021 realistically i'm thinking we may end up doing a live theater premiere in fall 2021 i mean that's kind of the way everything seems to be going maybe one of these vaccines will work out and people will start coming out of their quarantines and we'll get back to it honestly i don't know i'm not a prognosticator i can't see the future if i could i would because a lot of you would be really happy to know what's going to happen because i know like you i am quite sick of not knowing what's happening next there are obviously bigger fish to fry in the world right now than having a movie premiere but the one thing i'm trying very hard to do is to keep the traditions that i can alive and one of those traditions is releasing a Mimiverse movie every year. So I'm hard at work on making that happen. There will be one this year. It will be The Unseen Invasion. There will be one next year. It will be The Beast Walks Among Us. In addition, I have started writing the third Phantom Light Kids movie in the trilogy because, honestly, it's the only things I can make right now because I can use my family my rather large family as the cast and crew and we can avoid breaking our quarantine breaking our bubble and still be able to bring you quality mimiverse content i genuinely hope you like the phantom lake kids movies and i think you will because i know i do and i'm having fun making them and to a certain extent you gotta make art you like because if you don't like your art why would anyone else because i mean if nothing else if i'm at least having a good time making this art whether or not people like it doesn't matter right because i'm enjoying it and i'm creatively expressing myself so yeah phantom like kids 3 originally i was going to make that which lurks in the dark in 2019 i was going to shoot that and then everything kind of fell apart on that so i had to scramble a little bit and so i wrote the phantom like kids and the beast walks among us and i was able to shoot that last summer and because of the pandemic i was like okay well i gotta do something else and see if i can get it out this year so enter the unseen invasion i had started shooting that which lurks in the dark finally earlier this year and had to shut it down after getting about a quarter of it done so twice now that movie has been postponed and i had to do something related to the family kids i guess the first time i didn't have to but i decided that would be a good idea so that got pushed off that which lurks in the dark again so i made the unseen invasion well realistically speaking i'm not going to be able to get back to that which lurks in the dark until probably winter 2022 so that is just postponed so if i'm going to do anything i'm going to have to get on shooting another phantom like kids movie perhaps it's a sign that this is what i should be doing right now right i mean we live in such weird times uh, i think all of us are looking for for signs of things and i think this is maybe a sign that i need to just focus on making fun movies that are goofy and comforting and i think that's important right now as for the third one 
I have a tentative title, which I think is really good and really ridiculous and really long. And that's part of the fun. The first one in the trilogy is actually the Phantom Lake Kids and the Beast Walks Among Us. The second one is the Phantom Lake Kids in the Unseen Invasion. They're being released out of order, but when you watch them in the in-universe chronological order, you want to watch The Beast Walks Among Us first, then The Unseen Invasion, then the third one, The Phantom Lake Kids in The Day the Earth Abruptly Almost Ended. It's the most ridiculous title I've ever done, and it's going to take out most of the poster. <laughs> but I think it's hilarious, because I wanted to do a play on The Day the Earth Stood Still, I was trying to come up with something. The day the earth something. So the day the earth abruptly almost ended. So that's where I'm at. It'll be fun on a t-shirt. So the Unseen Invasion is coming out this year. The Beast Walks Among Us next year. The following year, 2022. The day the earth abruptly almost ended. I'm going to throw a bit of the kitchen sink at it as far as what I am capable of doing with my family. So it'll be fun. And I'm, I'm coming up with ideas and ways that I could involve other actors without having them have to come to me. Shenanigans are afoot. Now, as for the Unseen Invasion premiere, I'm still working out all the details of how it's going to work, how people are going to be able to partake in it, and what happens to those of you who have bought premiere tickets. Uh, right now, I'm going to be releasing it probably on Vimeo because uh, I have some control over that as opposed to Amazon, like I could upload it today to Amazon and they may not approve it or they'll approve it at the wrong time or they'll approve it and then release it. Honestly, just looking at my accounting for this year, my sales are now down a full 50%. So I need to figure out ways to uh, help keep the Mimiverse alive. One of the reasons why my sales are down is because I can't do live events. And one of the biggest events we do every single year, even from just a money standpoint, but from a prestige standpoint, the biggest event we do every year is the premiere. Without that, we're spending the same amount of money, but bringing in less. That's pretty basic economics for anyone who's ever had a checkbook to tell you exactly what that means. If you're paying out more and bringing in less, well, it's harder to keep the lights on. So without live events, we've definitely taken a hit as far as the everyday running of the organization and my ability to keep making movies, it's been difficult. So with this digital premiere, it's going to be a rental window, kind of like they did with Bill and Ted 3, which I am a huge Bill and Ted fan because I was a teenager when the originals came out. So it kind of spoke to me as a music dork and a guy who was in a bunch of bands. And so I really enjoyed Bill and Ted 3, and that was like really one of the few Hollywood release kind of things that I've actually spent money on doing the theater at home thing. Uh, the point is, with the Unseen Invasion, I'm going to figure this all out in the next month. So next audio cast, next newsletter, everything will be laid out. You'll know everything. And there will be eventually, hopefully, a live event for the physical media release. And that's the other thing is this one won't have a day and date physical media release. It'll just be digital. And then eventually I'm going to release it on physical media. So you can choose if you contributed to just wait and see it then when you get the DVD or the Blu-ray, you can choose to watch it digitally, which will do a lot to really help the Mimiverse out this year, but it's up to you. There's some folks out there who just contributed and I mixed things up where it used to be you automatically get a free copy of something, but fewer people want physical media. So now I just made it, you can just pay for the credit and a handful of people just paid for the credit. So maybe they're just waiting for it to be out digitally and they'll watch it then. 
I don't know. The point is, is that I'm doing a digital premiere and come November first-ish, when I release the next audio cast, everything will be set and ready to go and we'll know exactly what's happening and we'll worry about it then. So that is that. Unseen Invasion is done. You can still contribute this month to get your name in the credits. The weird plus of having the digital release is that I can keep the contributor credits open probably until December 1st, realistically, because all I have to do is re-render the credits and throw your name in there, and that takes all of three hours. So if you want to contribute, please contribute to Unseen Invasion, and when I finally announce the next one, the day the Earth abruptly almost ended, contribute. Beyond physical media, contributor credits right now are kind of keeping the Mimiverse alive. So, you know, one of the things you could do is you could give your contributor credits as gifts. And here's the cool part. With the holidays coming, you could literally give a contributor credit. And if you give a contributor credit from this point forward until we're done, I will send you a letter. And once you get it, you could give that letter to someone for the holidays and then watch the movie. That's pretty cool, right? So that, that'd make a great gift. Feel free to contribute at unseeninvasion.com and it takes you right to the St. Euphoria page for the Unseen Invasion. So please, unseeninvasion.com or sainteuphoria.com and just find it. But again, if you do it now, you'll get a cool letter in the mail saying you did it and it'll make a unique present for that unique someone. Hey, I put your name in the credits of a movie. Do you want to watch it? That's pretty cool. I'm telling you it's cool. Given the way the world is right now, bring a little happiness into someone's life and help keep the Mimiverse running. So that's what's happening in the Mimiverse. Before I go any farther, I want to let you know that there is something cool out now that you, as a fan of my movies, will dig. A couple of years ago, good friend of the Mimiverse, Stephen D. Sullivan, wrote a book called The Canoe Cops vs. The Mummy. It's been quite popular, as far as I understand it, with Mimivites. Now, Steve is a prolific writer. He's been very, very busy, and he just released a new book that I would like you to check out. It is called Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors. It is available from many fine retailers, including Amazon. You can read it on Kindle. You can get a paperback, which I think you should, because who doesn't like paper books? I like paper books. It's old school, and I don't know. I just like having a book, you know? It's... it's to me, it seems like it's easier to pay attention because you don't have another electronic device to stare at. It's, it's a piece of analog technology, a book. Give it a try. So Steve wrote this book. It's called Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors. I'm going to read to you what it says on the back of the book because it'll tell you exactly what you need to know. The monsters aren't only in the museum. Despite a lifetime of traveling with their father to collect strange artifacts, twins Topaz and Opal Cushing have never fully believed in monsters or the supernatural. Oh, sure, they share an eerie psychic connection, and their tarot card readings often come true, but werewolves, vampires, living mummies? None of those could be real. Those legends are just for rubes, right? Since the girl's father has been away, though, strange things have been happening in the family's little exhibit and in the Waxworks studio that shares their dilapidated Victorian mansion on the outskirts of London. Now, the twins' dreams of a fun, romantic summer season are turning into a nightmare, and the monsters are running Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors. So go to Amazon, search for Stephen D. Sullivan, 
or just Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors. Just to make sure it worked, I went to Amazon and I totally misspelled it and it still came up because I said Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors. I forgot an R. It worked and I got to where I needed to be. Check it out. Steve's a great guy and a good friend of the Mimiverse, and he, like me, is a starving independent artist just trying to make a way by entertaining folks like yourself who like classic retro monster stuff. So if you're a monster kid at heart, which you're listening to my audio cast, so you clearly like my movies enough to probably like cheesy monster movies, you'll like this stuff, so check it out. Okay, now I have something a little more serious I'd like to talk about. So I'm going to get some more frivolous stuff, I guess, out of the way, some of the more fun stuff out of the way before we get into something a little heavier. So right now, we have another Madame Magda Predicts segment with Rachel Grubb and written by Stephen D. Sullivan. And then I'm actually going to throw Dr. Bob's joke in, but after his joke, I'm going to talk about something important. So I'll talk to you in a little bit. Come back after the joke. I know it's usually the end of the show, but this time it's not. There's a lot more after the joke. So... Enjoy this levity now, because it's about to get less levish. It's going to get a little heavier. Talk to you in a bit. I, Madame Manda, know all, see all. Welcome to my Phantom Sideshow. Brought to you this week by Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors, a book from Halloween's future, available now. Gaze with me into the crystal now and see the future. In the future, cars will come in colors not found in nature. In the future, lawns will be mowed by robots. Very convenient for homeowners, though not so much for out-of-work gardeners. In the future... LP records will be on tiny cubes this size of your thumb. In the future, housewives will have computers to make their meals for their families, and meals will be cooked with the radiation. Will we have to wear tinfoil hats or radiation suits to cook? This I cannot see. The future does not always reveal all its secrets, not even to Madame Magda. In the future... People will look at these 1950s as though they were from the distant past. They will remember this as a wonderful time, like in the movies. They will forget many of the things that weren't so great. This is sad, but it's true. But that's the way people are, isn't it? In the future, hair will be made of plastic and come in many colors and outlandish shapes. And plastic will be made of corn. That's right. In the future, your hair will be corn silk soft because it is actually made of corn. Now it's time to answer a question or two sent in by you, my faithful listeners. First question comes from Larry F. of Port Vine, Michigan. Dear Mother Magda, what are you wearing? How nice of you to ask. As always, I am wearing a colorful but comfortable set of silks. Again, from Larry F. Dear Mother Magda... What underwear are you wearing beneath your clothes? <clears throat> well, I think that's enough questions for right now. Stay tuned to this channel for more in the future. The crystal doesn't lie. What I see is what the future holds. If you have a question for Madame Magda, be sure to write her care of the station. Perhaps in the future, 
Your question will be answered. <laughs> it is I, Dr. Bob Tesla, with your Mimiverse Joke of the Month. 2020 has been a very rough year. All kinds of disasters happening. And then, did you hear about the cheese factory that exploded? It was horrible. Debris was everywhere. Come out to the Dwight Fry Underground Cinema on October 17th when we will be having our final episode. Our final episode, at least for now. And it will be a mystery musical movie. It is one of the great cult musicals of its time, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So come out for that, because after all, it's the final episode of Midnight Monster Movies with Dr. Bob for now. And uh, we're also going to be trying to reboot 2020. We're going to try to fix 2020 because I've got, I've got a device. I'm thinking about uh, setting it off. I don't know if it's a good idea, but I think it can't get any worse. A couple weeks ago, I woke up to a cell phone that was full of messages and texts all of which were basically saying, give me a call. And unfortunately, there was one person who was not doing this. And that was my good friend, Michael Cross. Because everyone I knew down in the DFW area was trying to get a hold of me to let me know that my good friend Michael had suddenly passed away. We're not entirely sure why or what happened. Realistically, it may have been something with his heart. He was 61 years old and kind of looks like he was going out to his car to go to work. Michael was a very solitary guy. I'd never been to his place. I've been down in the DFW area a bunch and I'd never seen where he lived. I knew where he lived, at least his address, because I sent him a lot of stuff, but I'd never seen it. And a lot of people hadn't either. He was just very kind of, he's private in that way. So that was a terrible thing to wake up to. And if you're wondering, who's Michael Cross? I've mentioned him many times on this program because Michael is one of the biggest behind-the-scenes people in the Mimiverse you kind of don't know about. And it wasn't that he had a direct impact necessarily because he's never been in a movie he was never on set or anything, but he's had a huge impact on the Mimiverse and me since the day I first heard from him. The story is this. In 2014, I went down to Dallas to do a event called the Texas Frightmare, which is a huge horror convention uh, that I heard about from someone I met in Chicago at another event I was at. And I decided to take a chance on that event and... It was really, really fun and had a great time. I've talked about it many times. It's a, it's a fantastic event. And I didn't meet him that year, 2014. But it was so good that I decided I was going to go back again in 2015. Well, on my way there, I was driving down there by myself. I was actually going to meet Dr. Ivan Kryptosis, the old Mimiverse horror host. He was flying down there and I was driving. About five hours into my journey, somewhere in the middle of Iowa, I got a call from my wife, Stephanie, who you all know as the Queen of Snakes. 
to let me know that our son had been admitted to the hospital because he had suffered a series of seizures. So I drove back and found out that he has epilepsy, which he's doing great. No worries now. And he hasn't had actually any since then. So that's great because that was five years ago. So he's doing great. So Dr. Cryptosis went down there in my stead. And at my table, Michael Cross came up and he was checking out the movies. And he's like, this seems like something up my alley. And he picked up a couple. And pretty much, I think, within a couple weeks of that, he ended up buying everything we had available at the time online. And he contacted me and just said, I really love your work. I'm sad that I, I wasn't able to meet you. I'd love to get you back down here so I can hang out with you. And so he was like, what can I do to get you down here? Are there any other events you're going to be doing? Maybe I could talk to people I know. And I was like, I don't really have anything planned. So if you want to try and set something up, if you know people, you know, let me know. He's like, I'll see what I can do. And he talked to the organizers of AllCon, which is a really cool fan-run event down in the DFW Metroplex. And they were doing an offshoot called Infinicon. And Michael somehow convinced the owners to have me down there as a guest. So I went down there and I met him and we hung out and instantly we became good friends. I just liked the guy from the moment I met him. He was funny and, and just fun to be around. And he kept telling these great stories about random stuff. And it was always like these weird nonchalant stories about stuff like, did I ever tell you the time I played golf with Sting? Of course, that wasn't actually one of them, but that was like kind of the example. So one time I was working at this comedy club in L.A. and in walks Robin Williams. What? You know, stuff like that. I once saw the talking heads playing in a garage back in L.A. because he was originally from L.A. It was stuff like that where it was just like I, he, he became this sort of intriguing figure of like, what the hell is he going to tell me about now? But then we just, we talked about stuff we liked, you know, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, old movies, cheesy stuff. And we just, we hit it off. We became really close friends. And, and he was just the type of guy that when he liked something like the Mimiverse, he was so ridiculously generous with what he would do and say to keep it alive. He would talk to everybody about it. The joke I always make was that I was Elvis and he was Colonel Tom Parker, but in a much nicer way. If you know anything about Elvis and Colonel Tom Parker, that wasn't the best relationship for Elvis, but that was kind of the thing. He felt like my manager, but also kind of my best friend. Because <laughs> he only ever had my best interest in mind, and all I ever really wanted to do was help people see my movies. And it was never a selfish thing. It was never a some sort of like, I want to take over this thing, which admittedly, I've met some of those folks over the years who wanted to help the Mimiverse simply because they wanted to help themselves. And Michael never did that. He just wanted to see more. And he wanted to do whatever he could to make sure that he could see more. And so he was constantly getting me into things, conventions and events and random stuff that laid the groundwork for more, right? He was just the network master because he came off as so inoffensive. He wasn't annoying about the way he would sell things to people. He was genuine in that way and that he was always selling stuff because he loved it, not because he thought he could make a buck. 
so it began as this thing of where he just wanted to hang out with cool people that make art he likes. That's what he explained to me once, is that he supports people he likes and wants to see succeed. And he just wants to do his small part to make sure that he can get more. Every time I went down there, I'd hang out with him. And he became as much a part of the DFW fan base of the Mimiverse as I am. It's it's a huge testament to the fact of how much people associated Michael with me and me with Michael that when he passed away, all those people, some of whom I don't even know, honestly, people I don't know, contacted me through Facebook and other online means to say, give me a call. I need to talk to you. Find me. I need to tell you something if you haven't heard already. And so it was like, almost felt like he was, you know, I was his like surrogate son. I mean, it really felt that way. I lost my dad at 24 and if nothing, the way I was describing it to someone else is that he was kind of like the big brother in a big family, and I was the little brother. He was the oldest, and I was the youngest. He looked out for me, and I looked up to him. A lot of the expansion of the Mimiverse is because of Michael Cross. He was the biggest superfan the Mimiverse has probably ever seen and probably ever will. And... It was almost like they were as personal to him as they are to me. You know, he stood by him. He stood by my work and he stood by me and he told everybody about it. He had a truly generous spirit in a way that it was crazy. I mean, he was always doing everything he could to help me, either throwing money at me or getting me down there. Or, I mean, put it this way I always talk about showing my movies at the Alamo Draft House down in the DFW area. That was all Michael. He made that happen. The man hated celebrating his birthday. For whatever reason, he didn't like it. But last year, 2019, he wanted to show the House of Ghosts, and he wanted to do it up as the full experience of House of Ghosts. And to make sure it happened, and to make sure that people showed up, he publicly celebrated his birthday party at this screening of House of Ghosts. That's what I'm saying, is, you know, he would do something that he didn't like and made him uncomfortable and didn't really want to do simply to help me. And so 2020 being the show that it is, I mean, this is the thing that's hit me the hardest. I miss all my friends and I haven't seen anybody. I haven't seen my own mother in six months. And I know I'm not the only one. I know a lot of you out there have not done anything because that's the smart thing to do while this is happening. And so I, I haven't seen him since Alcon. Alcon 2020 was really weird because I went down there and it was in March and we did one whole day of Alcon and then it had to be shut down because of coronavirus. Not that they had any show up, but it had started to show up in the DFW area. So they started closing down events over I think it was like 500 people. Well, the event does more than that. So they had to shut it down. So I was just sort of stuck in DFW for four days. And I hung out with Michael a bunch. We went out to dinner. We went out to lunch. And that was the last time I've even been in a restaurant was going out to lunch with him. Which is basically the last day I've ever saw him alive. 
So this year being the shit show that it is, for as shocked as I am, it's almost like, well, this, this tracks, right? So Michael Cross was a huge figure behind the scenes and mostly unsung. The only thing I ever really wanted was to make sure he got proper credit. If anyone else tried to take credit for something he did, he made sure. No, no, no. That was me. <laughs> he didn't want people taking credit, and I rightfully so. I've always hated that myself, when people try to take credit for something I've done. And I think a lot of people are like that. He didn't brag, but he didn't let other people steal his thunder either. So that was two weeks ago. And I've been struggling with it ever since. And I just wanted to mention that and let all of you know that uh, Michael was a, a good man. And honestly, over the years, this short five-year window, when I went down there and did events, I hung out with him a lot and we became very close. As close as I think we could have. And I'm pretty devastated by it. And I have the luxury of being a thousand miles away from Dallas, being here in Minnesota. And so I think it's made it a little less real, a little more surreal. And for as excited as I am to get back down there, it's going to be rough when I get there. Because whenever I went down there, one of the first things I'd do would be to see Michael. We'd have lunch or dinner or whatever. And it's going to be weird being at an event and not seeing him. So I just want to take this opportunity to thank him for everything he did for me but also just let the universe know that I miss him and I loved him and and I know I will never forget him and I don't want to let anyone else forget him either <laughs> One of my biggest fears in life is being forgotten. It has been one of my biggest motivating factors in making movies. Is I hope to have something after I'm gone that proves that I existed. And I know everything is temporary. And over time, my movies will be forgotten. And by extension, I will only become a footnote in someone's genealogy. But if nothing else, there is some immortality to be gained through art. I've created a bunch of really great kids I hope they have lots of kids and those kids have lots of kids because at least my genetics will survive. <laughs> I only create these cheesy little movies 
to hopefully, ideally, live forever. Michael Cross had no family. No one has been able to find any. So his community and his friends were his family. And I vow to do everything I can to make sure that his memory survives. And people see the influence. Because if my movies help me live forever, there's a part of him in those movies. So then he gets to live forever too. So that's me ending this on a bit of a down note. But a hopeful one. Because... The one thing Michael Cross would want more than anything else would be for the Mimiverse to continue. He was a huge fan, and like I said, he took it almost as personally as I do. So I'm going to keep it going for myself, but also for him, because I don't know what else to do. I can't think of a better way to honor his memory than to keep doing the thing that he was constantly pushing me to do. Even when I had conversations with him about how maybe I don't want to do it anymore. He basically just told me to shut up and I didn't mean it. Because he knew I didn't mean it. And even if I did, he wouldn't have let me stop. <laughs> and that's the beauty of it. Thank you for listening this month. Please think about Mr. Cross. You may not have known him, but he was a great guy. Before I go, like I always say, be good. But if you can't do that, be good at it. I'll talk to you next month.